one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. As always, thanks for joining us today. We hope you're staying safe and healthy. In this episode, our characters begin their trek northward to complete the set of directions the mysterious song has given them in its second verse. Animals are named, howls are heard, and breakfast is shared. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory follow the path the imprinted echoes have set before them. You all wake up, having spent the night before preparing to leave and head north to this place, this orb that Nehemiah saw on his way down here that seems to be connected in some way to the structures here at Lagam. You had asked help from a couple of people. Dio is able to provide you with some anine. Anine are very strange-looking creatures. They are probably... 10 feet tall with a hunched back and a small head on the front of a very bulbous body with large, powerful, almost frog legs coming off the back and tiny little T-Rex arms on the front. Oh, wow. They are muscular, bipedal herd animals, but they are commonly domesticated, especially in this area, and used as beasts of burden and riding animals kind of all throughout the both the beyond and the steadfast. These would be animals that you are incredibly familiar with. For those of you playing along at home, uh, they look kind of like a cross between a T-Rex, a stork, and a hamster. That's not a bad way of describing it. It's yeah. it's odd and also yet like it's just somehow compelling. I kinda want one. <laughs> they it has a big Don Bluth energy. Yeah. Yes. No, it does. Yeah. This is like, this is some Rats of Nim stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. They're relatively docile. They're not carnivorous. They're definitely herbivores. But they are, these ones at least, wild. Not in any way domesticated. Dio and a couple of the other hunters literally spent the night wrangling them from one of the herds that tends to rove these plains. So you have three anine with you that are currently tied up and they seem to be okay being tied up at the moment dio does warn you they gave us quite the the time trying to get them wrangled together so i would not doubt if um if they gave you some trouble on your your journey so i would just be careful be real nice to them gentle 
and um, don't spook them too bad because otherwise uh, you might end up on the other side of the plains before you realize that you can get a hold of them again. Mm. I can't imagine any of us making a mistake like that. I think we'll be just fine. Did we want Smallren? So it's a new day. Smallren can set a new flex skill. Do we want Smallren to take the skill that I have decided to christen Anine Whisperer? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I mean, clearly. I will let you take like an animal, like animal handling or uh, some sort of, uh, or riding if you wanted to take that. I'm, that would be fine. I'm calling it Anine Whisperer. Um, and I'll just check in with you and see what I can do with it. Okay, that's fine. Do you want to keep it to, like, just Anine? I mean, it's a daily thing, so if we, if the Anine run away today and we have new mounts tomorrow, I can swap it. But for okay. for the moment, I'm assuming we'll have them with us long enough through the day that just oh, Anine yeah. is going to be useful. Okay. Unless is unless this is the voice in the sky telling me that we're going to just run across a menagerie and I'm going to have to deal with all of them. <laughs> that's a that's a face. That's a face. Here's the thing: <laughs> you all have been in a village that for a while basically had a sonic animal repellent oh, in that's place. Fair. That is true. So you may or may not involve be running into a lot of things fine we'll see i'm i'm changing it to menagerie whisperer because it <laughs> because it amuses me when it's a whole menagerie um it amuses me but basically yes animal handling i suppose all right cool she's a serene jack like why would she yell a serene Jack with an impatient eye. Yeah, this is true. Ooh, so true. As you guys are getting stuff together with the mounts and kind of just like getting to know them a little bit, Fahora and Iona come up with some packs. They have been able to pull together two weeks worth of rations for you. Um, you will probably be gone a little bit longer than that. By your estimation, it is probably, even on mounts, about eight days to get where you're going, uh, with a day or two for figuring out what's going on at that location, and then another eight days back. So you will be gone a little bit longer than two weeks, but that's about all they were able to scrounge together overnight Plus, Plus, we can hunt and, like... Absolutely. Forage. Rufus packs you each a small canister with one use of the gel suit in it. Mm. So you each have one use of that. Excellent. To take with you. We will pack them a smile. Adriel doesn't give you anything physical, but as you guys are packing up, she comes up and says, I don't have any gifts to give you per se, but I can give you the one thing I'm actually relatively decent at and that's information that is always welcome i asked around a little bit here to see if anyone knew anything about this place that you're going it's called the ogarek i don't know why it's called that 
But like a lot of things in this world, the names persist long after we understand what they mean. It's a structure made of some sort of very hard, very dense ceramic that floats above stones, the graveyard, as they call it. I don't know that anyone's actually buried there, but it resembles headstones. Supposedly, no one lives within 50 miles of the thing. The structure itself has some sort of... I don't know if it's a, a being or maybe part of some sort of mechanical... something. But if you mess with the hatches and openings that are on it, it has these tendrils that fly out and are likely to hit you. Supposedly, they burn you. I'm not sure why, but they do. You'll probably have to find a way to get up to it. It does float off the ground, but I'm sure you're resourceful. You guys continue to get packed. Adriel just kind of walks away after giving her information. And you guys try to mount your anines for the first time. <laughs> I am going to require a role, but I'm not going to tell you what that role should be this first time. I want to know how you approach this situation. Later down the line, I will probably have you roll some sort of riding or animal handling type check if something goes awry. But right now, how do you attempt to befriend or mount or soothe your mostly wild mount? And do you name it? <laughs> I'm going to use my danger sense to get a good feel <laughs> For what might spook this thing so that I can, like, circumvent it and, and tell it, you know, don't worry about that rock over there because I know it looks scary, but it's really fine. And just try to soothe it with my knowledge. Anines are a level three creature. Okay. So I'm going to have you make a level three intellect check. and that, well, Or is that speed? Is, is danger sense associated with speed rather than intellect? I could see okay. it being either way. Maybe intellect. In this situation, do you feel that it is more attuned to seeing and feeling what's going on or acting quickly within a situation? I'm going to say intellect because I'm trying to judge. Okay. Sure. So that will be a level three intellect. You yep. are trained by using danger yep. sense. So you have to roll a six or better. I do. Fourteen. Fourteen. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. So you are able to kind of make sure that there is nothing around here to spook your friend and make your way onto the back of it. Dio has fashioned some kind of like rough saddles. They're not well made, but it, it's like a blanket with, you know, some straps to hold it on and, and to make sure that you're not going to just be riding bareback the entire time. And you climb up onto... Your mouth. Ah, lovely. See, that was okay. It kind of grumbles and gruffs as you get up onto it. But it seems chill for right now. Okay. All right. I'll think of a name for you. I think I've got one. So Smallrin goes and chats with Dio, has a little talk about, like, 
you know, is there any food they particularly like? Um, what, what have you noticed that they are most easily spooked by? What are your secrets? Because, you know, he's the one that caught them. Well, they're herbivores. So just about any of the grasses that are out here is going to be something that they like. Um, I think they particularly like flowering things. I think that's kind of like candy to them. So if you got something like that, it might be particularly sweet to you. Wonderful. Um, and so she is going to uh, kind of head out and grab a couple, couple different stalks of flowering things from the surrounding grassland. Um, and then she's going to, you know, go and sit down closest to the one that she's planning on uh, climbing aboard and just hold out the flowers and kind of let it come to her kind of almost whinnies but it's much lower than that like think horse whinny but like lowered two octaves (laughs) (laughs) and it kind of looks at you and sniffs the air in your direction and starts waddling on its two back legs very very dinosaur maybe chicken like kind of waddling over to you uh sniffs the the flowers and chomps down on them and rips it from your hand very slowly i'm gonna stretch out my hand and just try and like gently pat the nose go ahead and roll that i will allow your menagerie whatever you called it yeah you can be trained in that i am going to call this intellect and it'll be level three. So with your skilled in, in with you being skilled in that, it'll be level two. So roll a six or better. Great. Um, I'm gonna go ahead also and spend a point of effort because after taking that flex skill, if Smallerman falls on her behind, she's gonna be very embarrassed. Fair. Um, so that'll be a three or better. Come on, success with a five. <laughs> good thing. Uh, good thing you made that that effort there yeah <laughs> so you get slobbered on like this anine like chomps down on the greenery and grasses that you have out for it and you you get severely slobbered but it seems to like you well enough and after a couple minutes of it feeding allows you to climb up onto its back huzzah nehemiah um nehemiah is gonna just kind of take the direct approach, surprise, surprise, go and uh, go ahead and just get himself mounted up and situated. He is trained in both balance and perception. So it's just, you know, hopping up there, keeping an eye on the anine, making sure that everything is all right and that he's not going to get bucked off. All right. So go ahead and roll that. That'll be level three. I'm actually going to give this to you in terms of speed. Because this is between balance and perception, kind of noticing what's around you, but more about reacting fast enough to make sure that that is uh, going to be good for you. So speed level three, you're trained, so level two. Cool, cool. Um, I will also uh, spend a little bit of effort there. Cool. And go ahead and roll that. But the success. Nice. Uh, 17. 17. Um. So he climbs up there, and everything's looking good. Nehemiah decides to name him Deo. 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 <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> All right. He hops up and is just perfectly um, content to be where he is. Awesome. The rest of the named NPCs make sure that you have all of your supplies. Make sure that you are prepared in every way that you're possibly able to before heading off. Rufus double checks everything. It doesn't even matter if it doesn't need double checking. Double checks that your uh, saddle blankets are tied on tightly enough. Make sure that you have enough food. Make sure that you have ciphers. Make sure that you have everything you possibly need. Like goes over a checklist five, six, seven, eight times. That's so nice. (laughs) They're the best. We stand, Rufus. Adriel has given you what she can and stands a little farther off, just kind of nodding at everything that's happening. Fahura makes sure that you have food, obviously, but then also uh, spends time, like, straightening everyone's clothing a little bit. Just kind of, you know, patting everyone down, making sure that you're... Yeah, she does. You're good to go. Baby's going into the big wide world. I think that's everything that we could possibly give you. For her, it's going to be fine. I I know, I know. Um, It's not that I don't trust you all. And it's not that I don't have confidence in you either. It's just, there's a lot riding on this. We know. And I worry that we'll lose someone else. And I don't want to lose any one of you. I would be fine. I'll be good. I want you all to promise me. You'll do your best to come back in one piece, yeah? Absolutely. Don't think it's possible for me to do anything else. And look at it this way. Even if it's more than one piece, I promise we'll all come back. <sighs> That's all right. You see, you made it. You made it weird. <laughs> did I? You made it at the very least uh, a little did. creepy. You did. I think I understand what you are trying to say, so I'm going to take that as something comforting, though I'm going to let you know I was not in the least bit comforted by that. (laughs) But I'll try to accept that as your intention. I'll have to work on my delivery. You do that. You have a long ride ahead of you to She is in no way confirming whether or not she means that she intended it to be comforting or intended it to not be comforting. (laughs) It's very fair. It is very fair. After a lot of fussing and double checking and conversations, a small group of people arrives kind of on the outskirts of Legam to see you off. And you begin your trip. The sun is just rising. And you start to head north. You estimate, as I said before, that it's about an eight day journey to get to the Augurek. It would have been longer without the Anines, considering that you're not really traveling a road as of right now. There are some small pathways around, hunting trails, herding trails, but not a a road, not anything that is maintained and not anything that is traveled regularly. So even with the Anines, it's hard going, but thankfully it's fast going. The first day 
passes pretty uneventfully. You're traveling north. The Anemes are amenable right now. You're keeping them at a steady pace. The terrain isn't awful. A couple of times, they want to stop and just eat. Do you let them, or do you try and push them on? I think probably around lunchtime, we would stop for a little while and, you know, let them graze a bit. That makes sense. Sure. Smallrin builds a rapport with her anine by uh, not letting it stop to graze unless there are flowering things, and then she will guide it towards the flowers. So it starts to understand that she will make sure that it always gets the things it likes if it will keep going the rest of the time. I don't know if this, that's just good animal training or incredibly manipulative. I was like, yeah, that's... Por que no los dos? I mean... Sweet and disturbing. That yep. small run. That is, yes. That is yeah. Bridget attempting to play a character that such as that which Smallrin has become. <laughs> this is what we get. Yeah, yeah. You stop for lunch, you let the Anine graze. The first night, the sun starts to set, and you find a place to make camp. You find a little area that's kind of like a small clearing. There's some trees nearby. Not like a forest, but like a small grove of like six or seven of them. Enough to create some barrier from the wind and a little bit of protection from the elements. And you make camp there. As you are making camp, you hear a wail. A low, whistling wail. Almost like sounds like the wind howling, but it's a little more organic than that. A little more sounding like a creature of some sort. It is close enough that it unnerves you, but not so close that it sounds like it is going to be right next to you very soon. I don't want to interrupt this, but I gotta get it out. You know I speak whale. Yep. <laughs> Yep. There it is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had to. So what are we thinking? We wanna go check this out or we wanna let be let be? I think perhaps the best course of action for now would be to take it in turn to set a watch and see if it gets any closer. Alright. Well, how are the Yanin reacting to this? They're uneasy. Okay. They don't like this sound. They're not running or bucking or 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 making noise in any way, but they are unsettled. Hmm. For sure. Kind of like pacing around, stamping a little bit, grumbling and growling. Gotcha. I can I, I I got a thing that I can do. I can go and check this out real mm -hmm. quick. Did you? Is this something you need to do alone? Is this like a? a... Yeah, no, I got a. Uh, there's a thing I'm pretty sure that I can do. I got bit by one of those moth things a little while okay. back, 
and uh, I can I can drop into I, I think I can make myself invisible for for a rip, but I can only do it once. Huh. Yep. Oh shoot! That's I can I can make myself invisible. Well, gosh. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll just <laughs> stay here and poke things. Well, I mean, look, only one of us needs to go and do well, this. I can walk through walls. That's uh, that's fair. I also am like I'm sneaky, but I'm not like accustomed to sneaking around wild animals. I mean, same, but we don't know until it's we true. try. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I can go, I'll go and check it out. And if it's something we need to be alarmed by, I'll, I'll come back be and we can figure it. out how we want to yeah. handle that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Be alarmed yeah. as a group. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, right. we could always rock synth forearm blade for it. Oh my goodness. There I think go. it was, no, it was, uh, we did, it was something else, but. Stoneworm wrench. Oh boy. Yes. Stoneworm wrench. Stoneworm wrench. wrench. It's our ninth world equivalent of rock, paper, scissors. Okay, so Nehemiah, Mm -hmm. this is not something you have to roll for. This is kind of just like a an ability that's kind of been sitting dormant in you for a while. Uh, So you, how does this look like to tap Um, into it? I think it's it is a dormant ability, but I feel like there's like a physical component to it. I feel like it's been sitting as like a crick in his neck mm. for just the longest time. And it's like, he just knows like, okay, three, two, one, he cracks his neck the right way. And it spreads out from there. And you can see it spreads out from the back of his neck and just kind of like, you know, like cracking an egg coming from his neck, just, oozes over and then he's gone nice and you see nehemiah kind of just disappear in front of you and beans i'm gonna trip over my own feet like eight times all right let's do this um and then sword spear out Mm -hmm. takes off towards the whaling cool i'm going to have you roll me a stealth check level four your invisibility will give you an asset. Okay. Are you trained in stealth or or any sort of? Uh, only balance would be the closest thing. So I actually won't be tripping over my own feet. Right. Balance wouldn't necessarily apply here. Okay. But you would definitely have an asset, so it'll be a level three. Okay. And stealth is. Speed. Yeah. Cool. That is a success with a 17. Beautiful. Again. Roll 20 just likes to give you the same roll over and over again. It does. It can keep giving me 17s all night. Yeah. Yeah. You sneak off, moving quickly and quietly, being fleet of foot. And the wailing gets louder. The whist- This low whistling sound. After a couple minutes of following that, it's not hard to find. You see three creatures just charging around on the plains as the sun is setting. You see this. It is oh. something that looks kind of like a camel. Uh, so it has a big hump or maybe a uh, kind of frill on its back. Four legs uh, and a long curving net that comes out to something that looks almost like a skull 
um, with like tusks coming out the front, but it has a hole through the front of its nose, kind of between where its nostrils are and where its eyes are back on its head. It has this hole in in the front of it. Go ahead and roll me intellect level four. I'm going to say because you guys have been in this area and you've traveled it a little bit, I'll give you an asset here. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, spend some... Is it spending edge or spending effort? Spending effort. Okay, I will spend some effort then to bring that down to a two. Great. And I will roll an 18 success. Woo, beautiful. You kind of look at this for a second, and while the wailing didn't necessarily tick you off to what this was, seeing this absolutely jogs your memory. This is an avatrol. Mm-hmm. And what you remember about the avatrol is written on roll 20. But I will also read it. This is their belligerent, very spiteful creatures. Most people know to give them a very wide berth. You don't want to get too close to them. They tend to travel in packs, though you only see three of them here right now. Mostly herbivorous, but they are known to uh, scavenge meat or to eat meat that they accidentally kill. Sure. What makes this noise is not their mouth. They aren't screaming. As they run, the wind travels through the hole in their skull, whistling like a wind tunnel. Okay, that's very cool. It's it's very cool, but also... Um... Alright. Well... So, not, not necessarily dangerous, just... They just got some zoomies going on. They got some zoomies. Um, they are nasty when they charge, though. Sure. So this is normally a level four creature. If they get charging, they attack as a level five creature. Gotcha. So you want to give them a wide berth, because if they see you and start going, you're in trouble. Gotcha. So still set a watch for tonight. I mean, we were probably going to do that either way, but keep an eye in this direction, because if they... If they start running they ain't gonna stop mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gotcha cool cool all right i guess i'll uh seeing that these hopefully don't mean us any harm i will turn around and head back all right you head back the interesting thing about the ability that you uh, triggered mm-hmm. this, this dormant invisibility state is that it lasts for 28 hours I had it for only for one hour. Oh, was it one hour? I'm sorry. Yes. My bad. No, no. I like I like it better that, that Nehemiah is just invisible for the next day. No, no. I will go with what you had written down. I misremembered the ability that I gave you. That's my bad. So you, it only lasts for an hour. So by the time you get back, it is a... It, it is near the point of wearing off. Do you make yourself known coming back or do you sneak up on your friends? No, I... I, I Nehemiah... We are in a, a, in a high risk situation, um, and as much as Nehemiah does like a good joke, uh, is not going to put f- friends at further alarm. So he'll you know tap a rock on his way back in. Smallrin puts away the ingredients for a deadly poison that she had pulled out when she heard someone coming. Good. <laughs> All right, it's it's fine. It's just a 
not great. Oh critter. well. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Any? It's an an avatrol. Y'all know what those what those are. I will say you've all heard that name before, but roll to see if you've encountered them or know anything about them. Uh, again, I'll give everyone an asset here, so you're rolling at a level three intellect. If you know, any, if you have any sort of like understanding animals or beasts or anything like that, history that at all. I'll let history apply. By all means. Yeah, Smallerin's never heard of this thing. <laughs> I rolled a five. Okay. I did succeed, so okay. I have. Wonderful. Smallerin, I'll say you've heard that name. Yeah. You've you've been out in the beyond long enough to have heard people talk about avatrols, but you don't know any information about them. Jory, you've encountered these before, not directly. But you know how nasty they can be. What you know about them is that they are strangely immune to certain types of energies. Um, So you can attack them like normal. Like if you're going to hit them with a weapon or something like that, that will work no problem. But any sort of blasting force or heat or concentrated light, it seems to just like reflect off of them. Okay, interesting. That's good to know, just in case. Hopefully, we we'll never need that information. But um... and there are three of them. As I said, they do travel in packs. Do um, would any of us know how big a usual pack is? More than three. My, my only reason for asking is just it, if, in case, like we're actually in the middle of them, and there's like Ooh, three more call. on the other side, so we can like sort of skate out of the way. Let's get okay. for sure. Usually, the packs are like six to eight. So these ones have lost their friends, which makes me nervous. We'll set that watch tonight. Hmm. And as we should most nights anyway. For sure. Let's keep as compact and minimal as we can in case we need to sneak out away. Yeah. Probably a good mm-hmm. idea. I am always minimal. <laughs> uh, you guys both got into the. <laughs> is, is that why they call you Smallrin? <laughs> I've been trying to make a little bird joke for months now. <laughs> and. Rin just snatched it right away from Sorry. you. Sorry. Just Sorry. Right, no, you good. Uh, you good. You snatched it right out of the air. <laughs> That's a Ren. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. That's it, it's guys. It's not where I was going, but. That's that's it. Um, Call it off. It's it's over. Yeah. Rin won. Right. <laughs> you can all go home now. <laughs> Podcast is done. We are home. Podcast over. Maybe sat front should have told you. <laughs> you all set your watches. The wailing continues throughout the night, but they do not get close enough to force you guys to move or or wake up or break camp early. By the time you do wake up and start to get packed up for the day, the wailing has stopped for the most part. The whistling, you can hear it occasionally, but it's not as loud as it was overnight. 
You pack up and start to head out on your way. I'm going to give you anchor points for the trip for the next four days. So, starting off, you had the Avatrols. On the second day, you don't actually encounter anything out of the ordinary. You see some creatures around, and obviously there's animals and wildlife and things like that, but nothing dangerous. But I'm curious, what is your conversation on this second day? It's kind of boring. You are literally just riding north by northeast. What do you talk about? What do you do? What do you do? Like, how do you pass the time just riding on these anine for eight plus hours a day? Probably have some anine conversation. <laughs> Get out. Uh, no. <laughs> Where's the bell? Dang. Yay. I don't, uh, I don't know if we've ever used the bell. On, I don't, um, I don't know. I don't think we have. It's really unfortunate. If we the decide... Bell- if we decide to keep it in, the bell has an illustrious history with our gaming group of every time someone makes a bad joke, you have to That's ring true. the bell. Gotta, <laughs> Gotta ring, ring the bell. The bell. No, somebody else has to ring the bell in honor of the bad joke. Yes. Right. If you ring the bell yourself, you can. It's ostentatious and you might be judged for it. Correct. Someone else must ring the or bell more, for Or more likely, everyone collectively yells, somebody hit the bell. Demands. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Everyone demands yeah, the bell It's ringing. become something of like a group agreement. Yes. Yeah. It's a pact. It is a contract. It is a contract. Mm-hmm. The pact of the bell. <laughs> what do you talk about as you're writing? Handbell choirs. Um. <laughs> no. Um, I would like to know the name of everybody's Anine. That seems important to me. Mine is Deo. Uh, yes. Any particular reason? It sounded kind of like Dio. <laughs> Seems to make sense. I didn't want to name it directly that, after Dio, but at the same time, strange. like, you know, kind of in honor of the, the fella who wrangled That's him for fair. us. What about yours? Mine? Yeah. Box ladder. <laughs> Box ladder? They're the two things I, I saw when I was trying to think of a name, so. <laughs> I, I, I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> Smallrin Smallrin just looks down and kind of pats pats the anine not fondly just kind of like matter of factly and says I think one one what well this is the first anine that I've ever ridden one will do nicely one what will do nicely. I'm sorry. As a name. Ah. I don't get it. One name. Yes, one name is fine. That's all we need. It's its name is one. What did it win it from? I just need everyone playing along at home to understand that everyone is currently silently losing their minds. We're all in a Zoom call and just the facial expressions are beyond anything I could describe to you with words. 
pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm. <laughs> so, I- so after a rousing round of who's on first. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Yeah, that that literally lasts us at least two hours. Yep. Oh, minimum. Punctuated by long periods of silence before somebody gets frustrated with the situation and reinvigorates. Or, or Jory just gets like so overwhelmingly confused that she can't help but bring it up again. I've had, a, I've had I, enough of this. I know. I have a very serious question. Is Jory trolling That's a us? very good question. <laughs> Do you have an answer? I'm going to say at um, at some point she has it does click, but she's too far into the bit to give it up. So she's just going to keep going. <laughs> fine, fine. If you're not going to name it, I'll name it. Uh, Sky Cloud. You can call it whatever you would like. One <laughs> and I are just going to keep on walking. That sounds good. I like it the third day what is your wake-up routine what do you do in the mornings now that you are on the road this is your second morning on the road what has become your norm i feel like nehemiah makes breakfast that sounds right i think small rents the first one up mm. like that that feels right but nehemiah's the or like maybe small Ren had like the last watch yeah, I think Smallrin has the last watch, and as soon as Nehemiah gets up to make breakfast, Smallrin goes over to her bedroll, lies down, and apparently like takes a short nap. Um, but she does get up and come over the minute that breakfast is ready. Like you don't have to go mm-hmm. wake her, so it's unclear if she right. was actually sleeping or not. Yeah, just like you know, getting a, a tight twenty meditation or something. Yeah, sure. I'll look for a pretty rock I can keep as a keepsake from each campsite. But other than that, I'm going to help just get things packed and whatnot. Try to be useful and not annoying. We'll see. You find a pink (gasps) rock. A pink rock. This campsite. What did I do? It's not not like bright pink, but like a pale, like granite color pink. Did I find any at the first? Or a fossil or something? Yeah. Okay. A gray Gray rock. rock. Uh, the first one. Grey rock, pink rock. I like it. That's what I will name them as well. What do you guys have for breakfast? You guys were set with rations, but I didn't specify what. You do have Nehemiah's terrible ration cube that will give you enough food to survive of it, but it tastes horrible. I do always offer those. <laughs> um, but typically for the morning, it's probably like jerky. Sure. Like, that's probably a lot of what they sent us with is, like, dehydrated fruits and jerkies. Tubers. 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 So maybe maybe it's, a, it's like, a weird dehydrated hash. Sure. They do send you with water as well and some drinking liquids uh, because that's obviously important in an area where it's... There are some bodies of water around, but it's not... They're not terribly common. It's not, like, flush with rivers and lakes. So you end up with a lot of times like rehydrating f- fruits and vegetables and and meats to go along with like you said kind of some strange hash for for your meals especially breakfast uh, when you actually have the time to sit down and, and make something um, 
before you break camp for the day. Jory, did you bring any Ben Bane along? Yes, I did. Do you make that in the mornings? I definitely do. I super do. Has anyone else warmed up to Ben's Bane by now? I don't dislike it. It's fine. In a pinch. I'm no Ben. <laughs> That's why it's Bane. So I'm not, like, repelled. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm not repelled by it, but at the same time, it's like, you know... It's like... It is like my relate, like Chase's relationship with uh, throat coat tea. Oh sure. I don't like throat coat tea. I'm never going to seek it out. But if my throat is hurting, or if I'm going to be, you know, playing a TTRPG and having to do a certain, you know, a kind of character voice that night, if I have a, a a cup of that, I'm not going to turn my nose up to it. I would like to think that Smallrin has not warmed up to it. But she has become oddly fascinated with watching Jory's rituals surrounding the brewing of it. So, so like, when Nehemiah's making breakfast, she goes and she naps or meditates or whatever. When Jory brings out, like, the Benbane set, Smallrin just kind of pops up and, like, just kind of watches. There's <laughs> a whole tea ritual to it. She finds it oddly soothing. It is. It's not odd. On. It's a little it's a strange combination of mystical and goofy, which I think is just Jory. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's an excellent, excellent yeah. description of Jory. I do like that. That's very sweet. Thank you. As you are um, breaking camp, you are putting everything back into its containers and, and your travel sacks. Smallrin, as you go to put uh, one of the packs up on your anine. You pick it up off the ground, and there is um, a lizard sitting on top of it. It's a little green lizard, maybe only a foot long, but it's kind of sitting there, and it, like, tilts its head at you and kind of, like, wiggles a little bit and is very interested in what you're doing. Am I familiar with this type of lizard? <laughs> Yes, this is a lack, L-A-A-K. I don't have a picture for you, but lack are kind of like the reptile version of rats. They're considered vermin. Uh, they typically uh, run around in groups. You probably are more familiar with them in, like, back alleys and really crowded cities. But they do exist out in wastelands and the beyond as well, in a more wild rather than urban setting. But you also know they're pretty poisonous. They're easy to kill, but they aren't really friendly. That's what I was and worried it, about. As, as you kind of realize what's going on and start to set the pack down, it kind of like crouches and starts hissing at you. And as it starts hissing, you start hearing from like under the rocks and between the grasses nearby more Alright, here's what I'm gonna do. I put down put down the pack and then I'm going to back away very slowly towards Nehemiah and just kind of out of the corner of her mouth she says is there any of that breakfast left? Uh, 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, here we go. Got a little bit. Wonderful. Just slide it over to me real slow. All right. Oh. Yes, don't. Oh, dang. Don't yeah. Give it a reason. Okay. Yeah, you see you see the lizards and hear the hissing at that point. Yep. And Jory, you notice as Smallrun asked for something very quietly from Nehemiah, you also see the lizard and hear the hissing from the grasses that are kind of around you. Go ahead, Nehemiah, you say something. I slide the uh, the frying pan of hash over. Do you want me to just like like spread it out or give me give me just a moment? Figure that out. I I would like to spend three intellect to create a deadly poison. Absolutely. And so just for for everyone at home, create one dose of a level two poison that inflicts five points of damage. You can apply this to a weapon, food, or drink as part of the action of creating it. Um, so I assume you're applying it to food. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so smaller and pulls out there. She just keeps on her person these like little ampules. Is that the right word? Yeah. Of like ingredients that she can crush together and create this deadly poison. Uh, and she does so kind of mixing it into the food. Um, and then she scoops up like a big, big old spoonful of the food kind of holds it out towards the lizard to get it, get it interested and then flings it into the grass kind of towards the direction of the hissing. Sure. You fling it over there and the lizard watches you and then follows the trajectory of the food and scurries away towards it and then you hear more scurrying of the rest of the lack kind of all coming in and you hear munching mouth noises coming from there. We should go. It's not... The yeah. quickest acting poison, but it, it's not slow. Okay, what just happened? Because I was drinking tea, and then... Uh. I'll tell you on the way. Okay, good. Box letter! <laughs> <laughs> Box letter! You guys mount up quickly and start going away, and as you do, you kind of hear, like, a gurgling screech from behind you. Followed by more hissing and gurgling screeches. I like it. <laughs> Just know that there's a strong chance that that would have been us if we hadn't done anything about them. That does make me feel a bit uh, more at ease, but uh, still don't like the noises. Well, good thinking either way. For mechanics-wise, I will say that Alak is a level one creature with three points of health, so that more than takes care of them. Continue on the third day, and round about the time you'd be stopping for lunch, you hear that wailing again. You hear the whistling mm. on the wind. Where's the other half of that pack, I bet? Seems or just another sense. one. I mean, it doesn't uh, have to be connected. Or they followed us for some reason. Right? Well... Is it from a, coming from ahead of us? It is coming not like straight ahead, but not from behind. Kind of like northwest. Um, the Anine are 
more on edge now. Before, they heard the noise and they had, they were stopped and they felt safe, but they're out in the open now and they're starting to feel a little bit uncomfy and they're shifting and starting to buck a little bit and stamping around and stomping and not going forward like you want them to. Maybe divert a little... I mean, if it if it's coming from the northwest, maybe divert a little bit towards the northeast. I think that's a good idea. Give them a little bit of... I'd rather not have to fight these things, especially if they're running like that. They will run directly over us, and it will yep. be a bad time. Okay. I'm going to have all of you roll me a an animal, call it riding, check. Some sort of mounted movement check. I will allow balance to work in this sense, if you can apply it uh, in a way that like allows you to keep on top of it as it's bucking and moving. Otherwise, if you guys have a skill that you feel would be applicable. Such as Menagerie Whisperer? <laughs> if that's what you set your flex skill as for day three, then yes! Yes, yes it is. Navigation. <laughs> I think I'm not gonna have navigation work. Okay, yeah. what's the difficulty? Yes, that's going to be a level three. So if you have an applicable skill, that will lower it one. If you want to apply a level of effort, that will lower it one. And which um, yeah. which stat do you want us to use for this? It depends on what you're using. So if you, if it's like a I'm you're trying to like calm the animal down or outsmart it, intellect. If it's a matter of reacting to it, speed. If it's a matter of trying to like strong arm it in a different direction, it's going to be might. So I will let it go on whatever you feel your interaction is going to be. Um, so Nehemiah will again use kind of the combination of being trained in balance and perception to kind of, you know, read read the creature and react based on that while keeping his balance there. So, um, speed and I will go ahead and spend some effort to make that a difficulty one. Great. Ooh. That's a failure. <laughs> that is a, a failure. Two. It is a failure. Um, and so what what happens is you you kind of lose control of your knee and because you are working off balance and perception um it bucks you off and starts running mm-hmm. towards the northeast but it starts Ugh. running off Ooh. ah crap bastards <laughs> All right, so if I could have the other two of you roll, we can see how you guys are able to keep control of your needs and if anyone would like to react to try and help the situation. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to do... So I'm I'm trained. I'm going to continue using Menagerie Whisper as my flex skill, so I'm trained. Uh, I'm also going to spend a point of effort. And basically, I'm, I'm going to roll it as intellect. Smallrin is trying to continue to manipulate and outsmart this creature and work with its natural inclinations. So she is trying to speak soothingly to it, offer it flowers, and turn it towards the northeast away from this noise that is spooking it. Ooh, that is a success with a major effect. That's a 20. Okay. I would like to uh, take off after Nehemiah's mount and see if I can also succeed in calming it down. Wonderful. I will say that you're easily able to guide yours in a calm manner and just kind of spur it onwards to try and catch up with Deo. And you do catch up with Nehemiah's Anine. I am going to have you make another roll to try and soothe this one in particular. Okay. I'm going to keep spending for the effort. Success with a 13. Wonderful. 
yeah, you're able to kind of grab onto the reins, the makeshift reins, and speak soothingly, kind of guide it towards an area where you see some flowers growing, and calm them down, and wait for the others to catch up to you. Jory. Okay, I am similarly going to use a combination of perception and sensing danger to get a good idea of where it's the spook is coming from specifically and uh, kind of feed away from that, um, calming it down. Um, I will also spend is a success Mm, with a four. Nice. Yeah. Still a success though. You kind of are able to figure out where the danger's coming from and guide your knee away and kind of become a little more emotionally attuned to box ladder and and try to keep them on on a a danger-free course uh, but you do eventually catch up to Smallren uh, Nehemiah because you are fleet of foot it doesn't take you as long as, as it would have taken the others to try and catch up with the Anine, uh, but it does take you a little while. So they're kind of moving slowly, and you kind of are running to catch up with them to still try and stay away from these howling creatures that are close enough by. And you get back up onto Deo, I assume. <laughs> yep. Annoyed the entire time. Good. Thank you, small Wren, for catching this jerk. It gives you a grumple snort. Kind yeah, of. grumple snort right at you. The rest of day three continues uneventfully except for the wailing that is still around you. Anything that you do when you break camp this night? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just very, you know, make a point to make sure that the, um, that the stakes, whatever it is that we are using to anchor the Anine is very securely put in place uh, in case the wailing gets louder and, you know, redouble our efforts to make sure that, um, you know, but make the camp light tonight in case we need to break for a quick getaway. Sure. You make a light camp and who takes first watch? We know it's small run typically takes second. Like, I assume you guys pretty much have, like, your... It's always going to be first, second, third, the same, just to establish a routine. So if small run takes third, who takes first and I second? I can take first. Okay. I'll take second. Cool. Nothing happens during your watch, Jory. Nehemiah, as you are sitting there, kind of watching out over the horizon, listening very, very keenly, you hear the wailing and the whistling... And it starts getting louder and louder and louder and closer. And yeah, at, at some point, I will wake everybody up. Yeah. Like, hey, guys. What's up? It's getting louder. Get up. Mm. Boo. Okay. I know. Is there a chance they don't know that we're here? They're just kind of passing through. It's... It's possible, but I think oh, you'd no, rather no, no. be awake I, when they come. I agree. I, I'm more getting in lay of the land. Small Ren, you up? Small Ren's already on her mean. Okay. Up we go. Of course. You guys, quickly, having already made a light camp, pack up, 
rouse your Indians, and start making your way, continuing towards the northeast. As you are going, I'm going to use a GM intrusion, and I'm going to give it to Jory. You are, you were the last to wake up and are still a little groggy, and you realize, as you've quickly grabbed everything, that you've forgotten something back at the camp. I, this is, this is me offering a jam intrusion. You can allow it to happen, and I will give you an experience point, as well as an experience point to someone else. Ration. Or, you can tell me, no, I don't want this to happen, and spend an experience point to stop it. What I'm going to do is, what you've left behind is your Ben Bane set. It, you had it set out, ready to go in the morning, and there's no way you're leaving that behind. So you hightail and try and turn back to go and get it real fast. I'll do it, why not? Okay. Okay. So you start turning around. You get an experience point, so you can mark that <laughs> down. And what do you say when you realize this has happened? Ah, Ben Bane. <laughs> and I turn around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Jory. Don't worry, I got it. You guys see that, that happen as Jory kind of turns tail and starts going back the opposite direction from where you guys came from. Who do you give the other experience point to? I think uh, it's Nehemiah. It was Nehemiah's watch, yeah? Yeah, so yes. I'll mm-hmm. go Nehemiah. Okay, so Nehemiah, you get an experience point there. Cool, cool. And you start running back there. You aren't far off. But you are now moving very quickly, and as you do so, you hear those whistling wails getting louder, but you also hear something else. I'm going to have you roll me a perception test. This will be perception level two. Yep. 13. As you start heading back in between these wails and whistles, you also hear growling and yipping that you are familiar with. You hear broken hounds. Ooh. And as you kind of skid into the clearing that you made camp in and, like, jump off your knee and scoop up your scent, you get it back onto your pack, out of the grasses that kind of surround the area you're in, charge a pack of six broken hounds followed closely by four avatrols who are chasing them down. And they are about to run into you. Ooh. Oh, that's bad. Thank you so much for listening to episode 30 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you'll find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. That's where you'll be able to find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store as well as our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And in that vein, I'd love to thank Joel, Ice Deer Brewing, and Christina for their support. If you'd still like to help us out in ways that don't involve money, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a good rating and review on whatever podcatcher will let you do so. Both of those go a long way in helping us out. As always, you can also find all of our hosts on Twitter. Myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And of course, our network at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, 
May your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenlee and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre.